0: Hey everybody. I am so excited for today's episode with the Batesville Area Arts Council Executive Director, Sarah Hepner. Now, Sarah does work in schools, but I really wanted to talk to her because of her role in bringing art to our community. I think that art is so important to young minds, especially, and I know that Sarah does too. So, here's Sarah and enjoy the episode. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Good. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for asking me.
0: Um, speaking of asking, let's dive in. I have a question for you. Great. And my first question uh, is pretty typical for the show. What are schools like these days?
1: Well, first of all, that's a pretty broad question.
0: It is. <laughs>
1: um, uh, schools. Schools are, I found, different everywhere you go, from place to place, town to town. Actually, elementary to high school schools are so different, but maybe some of the general things that schools are, um, if a school's a really great school, a school is a place where kids are safe and hopefully um, empowered to Mm -hmm. learn and also do it in a more unique, personalized style.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you see that happening in your school?
1: I see it happening more and more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that, first of all, that's just kind of the wave of education right now. And secondly, as you hire new teachers, and that's what they've been um, studying in their undergrad, that it's a lot easier for them to implement.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. So... The reason that I have you here is because you are the executive director of an arts organization in our city. And so I want to talk to you about how the arts impact learning and then also kind of the broader community. And so I'm curious, how do you see the arts impact learning for students?
1: Okay. Well, I think um, this is a great question because as you know, like you, I'm a huge advocate of the arts. And an interesting thing is, um, in all the years that I've done this, actually teaching, which is a lot, and then being the executive director of the Art Council, which is not nearly as many, Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole lot of studies out there, really, where people are trying to decide how much the arts impact learning, and you actually could find research, basically, on both sides. Mm -hmm. But um, I think some people are trying to have some research studies show that arts like directly correlate with higher reading test scores and higher Mm -hmm. math test scores since that's pretty much what it's all about right now. Yeah. But I feel that the arts impact learning in a totally different way than that. It's not necessarily that I'm looking for that correlation. What I'm looking for is how the arts um, really impact kids' creative thinking and then how they can be again, like I said before, more unique and individualized, how they can personalize, how they can self-reflect. And I just think that the arts, I just think that makes a kid much more innovative and creative and empowered. Um, I think that they affect the critical thinking skills. I think it also affects their empathy because a lot of times when kids are exposed to certain art forms Mm -hmm. and artists... From different areas where they may have not been exposed, just in their home life, they can kind of see through art um, a lot of different a lot of different cultures.
0: Yeah, and I definitely can echo um, a lot of that because I think that with my own students, whether they're you know my set crew students in drama club or in my classroom, the students who are involved in the arts have much stronger critical thinking and and problem-solving skills and i think they need less guidance and i i don't necessarily know why that is i guess that's kind of again what you're saying there's that correlation there
1: there is and i think that i think that when you think about a student who's also in a specific arts area whether it's dance or film or true um fine art or whatever um, painting i think that they have to pay much more closer attention to the the finer details Mm -hmm. and when they do that whether whether they're just an art lover and they're just like looking at a painting or whether they're actually creating the painting they are very they're looking at it two different ways they're looking at it as as the whole finished product but they're also looking at the details to make that Mm -hmm. whole finished product which i think really enhances critical thinking
0: Yeah, that's so true. Before we go too far, I'm curious why you are so passionate about the arts in the first place.
1: I have loved art for as long as i can remember um, myself
0: personally Mm -hmm. in
1: fact i was gonna be an art teacher
0: really i did not know that
1: that's what i was gonna go into at the beginning when i first was gonna but but when i was younger there was not a shortage of teachers Mm -hmm. (laughs) um like there is now and i felt that it was probably going to be a lot easier for me to get a job if i was much more broad Mm -hmm. like a elementary teacher than an art teacher but i've always personally loved art um and then, and, and not just art, I've loved music, I've loved dance, I've loved mm-hmm. film, I've loved all those things. I'm not saying I'm good at any of them, yeah. <laughs> but I am a great lover and appreciator of the arts. And then somehow I think I've passed that on to my children, and when my children um, got, began getting involved in school, many of their you know, extracurricular activities or what they loved in terms of classes were in the arts Mm -hmm. um and at that time i had taught in batesville for quite a few years and then my kids went through the system and um at that time it was called rural Alliance of the arts R.A. had already been um a key factor in the schools Mm -hmm. so when i saw all that they brought in for my kids education and now i have two that are really going to make their careers in the arts um I just, of course, am a passionate advocate for it.
0: Yeah. So you've seen that direct impact not only on yourself but also on your family, yes. and how that has changed even the trajectory of their life. It
1: definitely. That's really cool.
0: Um, so you mentioned the art organization. So tell me about well, tell me <laughs>
1: because <laughs> yes, I'm super all, involved I as know, well. well. Yeah.
0: So tell. Finisher on our board. Yeah. Um, tell the listeners about, about the arts council in town and and how this organization has has impacted I guess our schools but also our community as well.
1: Okay, for sure. Um, Well, right now we're called the Batesville Area Arts Council, and we used to be called the Rural Alliance for the Arts. We just changed our name this past year. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I might say RAA just because I'm so used to it.
0: I know. Sometimes I say (laughs) BAC
1: or B-A-A-C. But no matter what, it's the same wonderful organization that was started over 30 years ago. We just celebrated 30 years. I just... I'm lucky because as I stated before, I've seen it in every different level, Mm -hmm. right? I've seen it as a teacher. I've seen it now as an executive director and a board member. And I've seen it as like a parent. And Mm -hmm. I've also just seen it as a community member. So because I've seen it in so many different ways, I know how lucky our town and our school is to have this organization. Um, And I've also, as executive director, traveled quite a bit In Indiana, when I've had to go to our regional meetings and, you know, we kind of present what we've done throughout Mm -hmm. the year and we go to the state competitions and over and over and over again, towns much bigger than ours will be like, you do that in that size of your town or you've done that for that long or, Mm -hmm. or can we get to advice? I have a lot of people calling and asking for advice as to how they can do it in their own town. But... um, what we do, what, what, what RAA and BAC first started out as was arts and education, mm-hmm. um, and their goal was to try to bring in artists, authors, illustrators, dancers, filmmakers, you know, anybody who was related, musicians, anybody who was related to the fine arts, and they wanted to bring them into the schools. And not only just enhance the arts program, they wanted it to be multidisciplinary. Mm -hmm. They wanted um, the arts and the kids to be learning more than just something like reading in a book. They wanted it to come alive. And they wanted them to also participate in that. Mm -hmm. So we service all six area schools, um, all the way from the elementary to St. Louis to the middle school and the high school in OA, intermediate school too, if I didn't say that, and what we try and do is we try to give a certain amount per student in the school. Mm-hmm. We we get fifteen dollars per student in school. So really, in all those years, that's added up to over a million dollars that yeah. we have put back into that number education. is outstanding,
0: especially <laughs> in a community like this.
1: That is amazing, amazing. Um, and as also besides AIE, we also um, have. Young Artist Showcase, which again Mm -hmm. was a way for kids who are involved in the arts to showcase their talent. Um, Lots of times, schools easily showcase talents in other areas, Mm -hmm. sports or academics even, obviously, you would in a school. But we also wanted to showcase kids' talents in the arts. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, when schools have their awards programs, if kids entered anything into the young artist showcase then they also were evaluated by judges um in that area and they could also earn ribbons and trophies Mm -hmm. and those are given away at the award show at night in our community then we started obviously wanting to bring things into our community as well and we've done a lot with the community um in three different areas obviously providing entertainment Many times our entertainment is extremely cheap and or, I shouldn't say cheap, that's not a good connotation, is extremely inexpensive. Inexpensive, yeah. Um, or sometimes free, uh, many times free. Um, so we bring in entertainment for people to come and and just witness it, be a part of it, whether it's a musician, whether, again, it's a author, because mm-hmm. we do the evening night series right. for authors who are coming. Or a whole into town. symphony orchestra. Or a whole symphony orchestra. Right? Unbelievable. Again, that's July 6th for the we'll put a plug yes. in there for yeah. people. Please <laughs> come. Um, it's amazing because I would always travel and to Connor Prairie and watch, mm-hmm. you know, watch it um there. And to be able to just go in my backyard, that's so so great. But we also provide opportunities for people to not just you know, be in the audience. We provide opportunities for adults to actually engage in the arts Mm -hmm. through the Community Art Show. We always have a drama every other year. We have a big, um, you know, musical type thing that we put on. We have the Boar's Head every Christmas, again, in the drama area. So we, um, we also promote participation as well um for people who have local talents um for the community art show it could be anything from photography to um 3d type of art because we Mm -hmm. have a lot of sculptures or quilting quilt making and we have a lot of painting and then of course i just always think of our three words that we always you know talk about which was just education and expression and you know enjoyment Mm -hmm. and that's really what we do and try to do both in our Town in our community as well as at the schools.
0: Yeah, and it's really amazing how you know not to get into the history of it, but with the history of this organization and so many like it, it really just takes one person to rally a group of people, and then you know 30 years later, yeah. an entire <laughs> community is is drastically impacted. And you know the, the state of education in in Indiana is um, rocky to say the least. And, you know, I think organizations like the Arts Council are are stepping up and filling filling the gaps, especially with funding that are left unmet, you know, from the state. And so I think, you know, so we have a a teacher walk-in coming soon. So we're meeting at the flagpole and walking in as a sign of solidarity. And I think that some of our students, the the purpose is kind of lost, and because they don't necessarily see the impact, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I think that part of that is like is organizations like the Arts Council who are kind of filling in some of those gaps. So right. that that's an interesting connection. Um, so we've talked a lot about about the community, and and um, I'm curious uh, before we we talk a little bit more about the community, you know, you said earlier that that you can find research on both sides of. The arts being positive or or not at all and i'm curious what you say to people who maybe are in support of cutting funding to the arts in favor of other programs
1: oh okay well this is yeah i ha- I feel very strongly about yeah. this as you may know um because again i when i first started teaching we did not i had to teach my own art clear mm-hmm. back in the day um and then we And then, obviously, as you say, sometimes we have these organizations that fill in the gaps. And I, I don't ever want to take away our wonderful teachers that we have in this system mm-hmm. who do provide arts and mm-hmm. education just as their job. We love them. And we find them extremely amazing. And usually they work really closely with our, yeah. with our organization. We, we value them. I don't, want, I don't want them to think that we don't because they are wonderful and i do appreciate like our superintendent sitting on our board who also seems to appreciate the arts as well you know Mm -hmm. but there are as you say many schools and people in higher places that affect that funding that Mm -hmm. are cutting them across our state and across the nation and it's interesting because I wanted to just say like a quick story. Um, I used to teach high ability and I was at a high ability conference quite a long time ago, probably 10 years ago. And the guest speaker was super interesting. He was a professor, he was of Chinese descent, but he was a professor at Michigan State University. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking to all of these teachers in Indiana saying that he found it kind of amusing that American education was trying to be like Chinese education and saying how wonderful the Chinese education system mm-hmm. was. And he said, do I think that the Chinese kids could round a decimal to the nearest 1,000th place faster than an American student? Yeah, I think they could. Mm-hmm. He's like, is that what I think is important? No. no. He's like, in fact, I had the opportunity to come and live in America and work in America, and that's exactly what I did for my own children because he said what Americans' education system have always had. And he said, and it saddens me to see that we're so worried now with just about like drill, kill, drill, Mm -hmm. kill, you know, like, you know, how we do some things now, teach you you the test, be evaluated by the test, how high are your math scores, how high are your English scores, Mm -hmm. right? He always said, what always said Americans apart was innovation, mm-hmm. period. Their creativity. He's like, they might come and get people from China to be the engineers, but the people who are heading the companies who have the ideas are the Americans yeah. because they've always had an education system that was innovative. Yeah, You can see all sorts of quotes from business leaders who are saying, The arts are what provide that. Mm -hmm. The arts are what makes the whole child. The arts are what makes people, scientists, be able to work with the creative thinking skills of an artist to try and figure out innovative things that they're going to invent and patent. And Mm -hmm. they're problem solvers. They're in the think tanks. They're the ones looking at problems totally differently than somebody Mm -hmm. who might be, like a logical, sequential person. You need those people, but then you also need the creative people. And that's how you get some, you know, things to work. I also think about, you know, Paul, uh, from our education, our own personal education in college, where we always learned all the learning styles. And we were always told that kids learn in totally different mm-hmm. learning styles. And I know through your years of experience, as well as mine, I... I know the kids who are definitely like auditory learners mm-hmm. right or they have to hear like a pattern they have to see, listen to music right mm-hmm. there's those kids who are like have to be um, they have to, have to learn things kinesthetically they have to touch things mm-hmm. so so like someone who sculpts or somebody who makes a 3d type of thing mm-hmm. they learn that way I think the arts make school like our founder always says you know come alive it mm-hmm. makes them remember and understand those things, and I always think of that quote from einstein who who obviously we always think of as this unbelievable scientist, but he also was an artist when you mm-hmm. look at all of the things that he drew. and he always says, Logic will get you, you know, from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere, yeah, and if you think about some of those leaders, they are artists because they're so. have such an unbelievable creative imagination Mm -hmm. i also would say to people who want to cut funding and i also know this firsthand you kids are gifted in lots of different ways sometimes we only think they're gifted if they have high again math science english scores but you could be just as equally gifted as an artist or Mm -hmm. a musician and sometimes that's what kids come to school for. Mm-hmm. That's what gets them through, right? And I'm so thrilled when I think about our high school that offers AP courses like an art history or mm-hmm. something like that because I'm like, yes, because this is this is what this child's talent is in. Right. This is what their passion is in. And I and I love that they offer all the different kind of English classes as well. I mean, maybe their passion is to be an, an author someday, right? I... I just think that. Um, in fact, I know, because uh, I work in a middle school. Some kids are just like, "Well, it's band that got me through." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm here. So I just think that it would be such a disgrace, such a disservice, if you took arts out of the schools.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they did and It's funny because when I say that some of the research doesn't match what the only researcher that doesn't match is like they may not find a, like a correlated higher math score but it's interesting because even those researchers mm-hmm. will say at the end of it but who cares yeah that's I don't even care because mm-hmm. when I research do the arts help and all these other ways yep they do and I don't even care if it doesn't make a math score higher even though it might but um, it's just not definitive. Um, because we have to have the arts to appreciate culture. I mean mm-hmm. it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> and I think even the importance of, you know I'm no, I'm not an art teacher. And there's kind of that cliche, you know when you go up to the board and you say, all right, no, I'm no artist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every teacher says that ever. and I'm I'm with them. Um, but I think integrating art into, you know, your classroom, whatever you teach, it's so important, again, for those students who can't just knock out a paper or an oral, you know, summary of of a a book. And I think that's always something that I've tried to apply is thinking, okay, you know, I have my 80% who can do this task, no problem. But what about the 20 or 10 or whatever, you know, who need a different task? And what does that look like? And I think that part of that is just recognizing your students need for, like you said, that differentiated learning, you know, and even you think of, you know, I mean, we consume so much art. It's kind of one of those things where it's almost funny how people devalue um, subjects like this because everyone's a consumer of art. Whether you're streaming something on your phone, yeah. you know, music, Everybody. movies, yeah.
1: I can sit here and think, why wouldn't I want to teach social studies by, sh- like, let's say I was doing a certain time period. That why would I not want to show what was like an artist of mm-hmm. that time, what was created at the time? What was the music like at that time? You know, what what great advances did they make during that time? Mm-hmm. So many of them, through the Renaissance, were artistic. I mean, yeah. I often sit and think sometimes, what would life be like without music? What would life mm-hmm. be without art? What would life be without dance or film? It would be horrible. At least mine would.
0: Yeah. And I think you're so right. Cause I'm one of those people who no matter what I'm doing, there's music on right. in the background, <laughs> even in class, if they're working, there's music on. But I think it's interesting because if we, if we lower the oppor- if we lessen the opportunities for, you know, the fostering of creative, innovative minds, you know, those people might come up with something new or a new genre. And in a hundred years, people could be saying, you know, what would life be without this new thing? But if right. we, if we fail to foster that, then it might never be you know true it's pretty amazing i know that there's one thing that has always kind of driven me in a morbid way you know like if you die without doing what you're passionate about your ideas and your passion die with you and i always think about that with my students like what do i want to encourage them to do you know before time runs out and right. i think that's, that's one of those things right if we mobilize them then they'll feel that they can but the classroom and schools in general are such a, an important place for that to happen because if it doesn't, they might have that passion for music going into adulthood, but maybe they've never been encouraged or totally you know told that they could.
1: Totally agree. And every single year, I don't know about you, but every single year, if I go to the reception for Young Artist Showcase or if I go to the high school musical or if I watch the films that kids make every single year, I'm blown away. Mm-hmm. Every, I'm like, are you serious? A high schooler produced yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it amazes me, and that, and it always gives me new hope too, because I, because they, like you say, school time is providing them that time to pursue their passion. They're gonna, and as you say, they're going to they're gonna be the next leaders. So
0: Yeah. So that's a nice transition to oh. talking about <laughs> okay, you know, students or, or young people in general. And so you mentioned, mentioned art. Do you see a passion for the arts in, in your interaction with this next generation?
1: I do. Very much mm-hmm. so. Of course, like I said, I have children who are extremely interested in the arts. So it's easy for me to see. But I, I don't know. Don't you see them? Mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. Um, unbelievably and and this is and and here's another reason why I think that they can have this passion compared to now I'm obviously um, aging myself here but compared to when I was younger their their access their platforms they're, they're so much there is so much more accessible mm-hmm. right I always tell my children It was easy to know the popular groups when I was younger because you had to have a big, huge recording contract Mm -hmm. in order to even be noticed. Now you can be noticed on YouTube. Yeah. You can go Mm -hmm. to an independent recording studio and record your own music for affordably, Mm -hmm. right? You can post all of your artwork on Instagram and get all sorts of followers that Mm way. It's... It's amazing, really, how they can promote some of their creativity and their art, whatever that is, so much easier than how it used to be. Mm
0: -hmm. So I
1: do think, and because of that, because they can also see other people's, like, just something like, just this popping in my head, just something silly, like my daughter follows all of these artists online on all their Instagrams, Mm -hmm. which I never would have been able to do that yeah probably, right ever and so she's like mom these are so cool look at this look at this artist this person does this and this and this this person does this and this and is this. i'm like oh, okay that's amazing
0: yeah i was going to mention that as well i know so many students in generation z who follow their passion is and i think Mm -hmm. i mean social media gets such a bad rap deservedly a lot of the time
1: but some is great
0: yeah but i know students who follow photographers or i have a student who's really interested in graphic design maddie who designed the album art who posts all of her stuff on her instagram and it just you're right it gives people a platform kind of like with the young artist showcase that we put on right to get that recognition Mm -hmm. and put things out into the world and i think that not that it's solved all of the inequality between representation of, of sports and academics and art, but I think that at least in the digital world, uh, it's maybe kind of leveled the playing field a little bit of at least access to um, acknowledgement, I agree. if that makes sense.
1: Also, it has also leveled the playing field in terms of where, have you, where you've grown up. Mm-hmm. If you weren't in it, if you're not from a big city or you do not live in a big city, you still have all of these people being able to follow you no matter where Mm -hmm. they live and hear about something that you might post.
0: Yeah. Um, what are some of the things, what are some of the biggest issues that you, you see facing this generation now? And, Uh and are those things that are, are maybe going to hold them back from, you know, pursuing this interest or this passion in art?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Again, some of the some of the biggest issues that I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, because <laughs> remember, I'm a parent, and I mm-hmm. probably look at it in a different light, but I do feel that this generation has had to deal with a lot more stress, mm-hmm. um, and that's like the first thing that always comes to my mind. Um, I just think it was much easier to be young
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I was younger, because... All of that information was not just at my fingertips. Yeah. Sometimes I think that they, I think that you have some kids who are in high school who and middle school who are very wonderful, sensitive people, and they carry a lot of those issues, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because, like you say, they're passionate, but it also stresses them out Yeah, because they're not at a, I don't know, it's hard for me to explain, but I do feel that they, they're just privy to knowledge all the time, which is a good thing and a stressful thing. I also feel that um, because we live in a stressful environment right mm-hmm. now, I also feel that maybe their home lives or their caretakers or their parents have a lot of stress, and I just feel that it seems to, more than normal or in the past affect kids. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I totally see that echoed in my classroom. I have so many so many bright students. Right. But I, I have a, a lot of them who I see I see them kind of succumb to the stress yes. and that definitely impacts their projects and their success. And that's something that I'm very conscious of. And so I'm always working with them on that. But I do see, you know, I have had students come to me and say, I'm so sorry. Like, I know this could have been better, but I was just too stressed about other things, you know, it's just so Um, funny
1: because I think of sure. We thought, I'm sure I thought I had stress when mm -hmm. I was younger, but the things that I stressed about, no, not even close. Right. Not even close. And I, and I, and I also think that some of the things that have changed, um, like, for example, and I'm not saying this is, this is just something that causes stress. And it's so funny because I remember my kids were really young, obviously, when smartphones started coming mm-hmm. out. They, there was flip phones, or whatever, but smartphones um, when they were younger. And they were too young to have one. And my neighbor was like, just, just you wait, just you wait because they can always be found. Mm-hmm. Used to be, if someone called for your kid and there was a party going or something, oh, too bad, they were gone, they missed the call. Yeah. Now they always know where they are, mm-hmm. and I feel badly for that too because I think they have. I think they compare themselves to other to like what's perceived reality mm-hmm. on social media. I feel like they're constantly trying to keep up. With what they see other people doing, even though we all know and we can tell them they are only posting the good things, Yeah. Not posting the right. bad things. But that doesn't help their perception. No, not at all. At all. And I and I think that there's a stress there. I think that there's like um, I I just I think there's a stress because it used to be that if I needed my alone time and I wanted to get away from people at school, sometimes I didn't see him all weekend. Mm-hmm. I didn't live close by him, so right. I didn't see him. I might. Go do something with my neighbors. Now, sometimes kids cannot get away from problems Mm -hmm. or issues or even if it's a bullying type thing because they're constantly found. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a sad thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that there, I've experienced this in my own life. There's a guilt to saying no. Right. Or to not messaging someone back because you're so accessible all the time. And I, I think that, and that's kind of interesting, you know, there are issues that we're dealing with the same thing as they are, but the development and the experience, you know, is not there for them. And so right. they have a harder time right. overcoming that and kind of dealing with those things.
1: And I think that we're in the age of screenagers and um, and that's not going to go away. So mm-hmm. I'm not here to say, oh, I wish everybody didn't have a cell phone. I don't even think about that because I know that that's not going away. But what I do think about in terms of education and even art as it relates to that is that now we have to now i'm constantly and what i'm super interested in mm-hmm. is brain research yeah and all of and what screenagers have to deal with when they think that they're at a calm and they're not because mm-hmm. they're there's something always going on yeah there's something always going on in their brain because if they are not in class they're on their phone mm-hmm. so even though they think that that's relaxing and fun To the brain, it's not, Yeah, right? To the brain, it's not. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly teaching our kids now how to get back to balance and to being Mm -hmm. calm. So um, that could be in a form of listening to music. It could Mm -hmm. be in the form of visualizing a beautiful painting and just staring at it. It could be that you get yourself in a happy place and usually arts do that. to get yourself back to calm and, and help alleviate a lot of that stress. Mm -hmm.
0: And besides that, I mean, that is such a, that is so important. And I, this is, (laughs) I feel very convicted in a lot of this because I'm like, Oh, that's so me too. You know, I can't wait to go relax and sit on my phone, but it's not, it's, and I can tell a difference when I say, no, I'm going to read or I'm going to exactly. you know, go for a jog. Exactly. And by, when I go to bed, I can tell a difference depending on how I've chosen to, yeah. quote-unquote, relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so besides that, back to calm, are there any other ways that you've identified that we can help to continue to foster and kind of protect or uh, um, that passion and appreciation for the arts in this next generation?
1: I do know that... Um, back to my research again. I do know that if you... Expose kids to the arts early; mm-hmm. they will appreciate it more and have a much bigger passion for it. Okay. So if I notice that we're gonna intentionally expose the kids to art in kindergarten or first grade when we do have a school system, mm-hmm. because we don't necessarily know what they're what they've done in home before, that that will foster much more of a love. Mm-hmm. For the arts as they get older and i do know that one of my very first encounters with ria back in the day i taught first grade and we had volunteers come in and talk about great paintings. it's called great paintings with first with first mm-hmm. graders and they learned many of the great early famous paintings like we we taught them about they taught them about van gogh Wow. I mean, we're not just talking, let's read a book about Dr. Seuss. They talked about Van Gogh and go And they talked about um, Picasso and Monet. And mm-hmm. then every time they taught them about a painting, they brought in a couple of their famous paintings, huge famous paintings. And then, so wonderfully, they hung them in the hallways afterwards. Mm, so the kids wow. always saw them. Yeah. But after they taught them about these wonderful paintings, they talked about their techniques why they had certain things in their Hmm. paintings, when they lived, where they lived, all that. And then they had the kids actually color and paint. So like if it was like impressionism, that's how they had to try Mm -hmm. and create their, you know, picture. Yeah. Um, And they loved it. Mm -hmm. They still remembered their names. Like by the time like school was over or we'd be walking down the hallway and I'd always say, hey, remember? We learned about this artist. Um, I just think that... With everything, you know, that's why you're supposed to start languages so early. Mm-hmm. Kids' brains are sponges. And if you start when they're younger and you can show them the appreciation of music and, mm-hmm. and art and dancing. Um, I think that they, but again, <laughs> there's a fine line there. Like, I don't want them to think, you know, oh, you have to be, you know, in dance studio for five hours every day. Mm-hmm. If you just still expose them to it. And show the appreciation of it and make it fun, make it fun, Mm -hmm. which is what they did with great paintings. Then I think that that will help us become a lover and appreciator of it. And Mm -hmm. we need to continue it then after
0: that. Yeah. And I see that in my own life too. I mean, you know, as I said earlier, I don't consider myself an artist in any traditional sense, but I was always in choir and musicals and piano lessons and and those uh, sometimes honestly those are things I didn't want to do right. you know like I, know. I, I wanted to quit piano for so long <laughs> yeah. and I'm uh, and not that I you know kept a lot of those skills but I am thankful for my parents for exposing me to that especially at the early age because now I can appreciate and be thankful for those opportunities and even though those aren't things that I'm pursuing that does influence, you know, my decision to be on the Arts Council exactly. or to bring art opportunities to right. my you're students. you're
1: not going to... People who study the arts or appreciate the arts, may, they may not be the next best, greatest artist. That's not mm-hmm. what we're saying. Yeah. But they will probably always understand and appreciate mm-hmm. art um, in whatever form it is.
0: Yeah, and... It, you know, this, this kind of brings me to my last question, because we've talked about a lot of cool things, and there's so many more that, you know, our <laughs> you arts know. organization... We could talk for yeah, That. Well, there's just so many great things that our art organization brings into our community and our school, but what about the schools and communities that don't have an arts council or kind of those arts advocates? How can they begin to bring art to their students or to their community?
1: Right. Well, as I said before, you'd be surprised by how many different communities have reached out in the past. Mm-hmm. Because every community are going to have advocates in it. They may not know where to start, but mm-hmm. they're always... They are going to have their own personal advocates of people who just love the arts and wish that they would be, you know, in schools.
0: Yeah.
1: Or or in, other, in their town, in like other organizations that they do. So I guess what I would tell them first is to... Um. reach out reach out you can you can google any kind of area arts council mm-hmm. because that's how people find us sometimes and they'll just send me a message like through mm-hmm. the mail um, I partner sometimes with, uh, with local towns and we like t- get together and talk back and forth and see what we could do to mm-hmm. help each other um, I've had some local towns reach out and say it would be great if we could share money and that way we would share artists, meaning if I'm going to spend a whole lot of the grant money bringing in somebody from far away, and then can I share that person 20 minutes down the road for another day, and then we pool our money, mm-hmm. okay, we could get the double amount of artists in here, yeah. and we could share it with another school system. Um So I think a lot of it is through word of mouth. We actually now have um, people that we share drama with. You know, They might be in a production here, and they might be in a production in another town. And then people just start talking about Mm -hmm. that. Um, But we try really hard, as you know, Paul, we try really hard to post on our social media Hmm. sites a lot.
0: Yeah, I know. I know a little (laughs) bit about that, yeah.
1: (laughs) And I think on purpose. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people might think we're just publicizing our own events which we are but we we never know who's going to move into town mm-hmm. or who's searching for something yeah. like in a, another smaller town mm-hmm. or an area town that we can help um, and I think as advocates people on our board always have that feeling of wanting to help
0: yeah and I think that we're so lucky to have have that collection of board members and even that community that has embraced us but You know, it is a success story, but it is a story that has been long and that um, has involved a lot of work to get here. So I will um, I'll link the Batesville Area Arts Council, uh, Indiana website (laughs) uh, in this podcast description so that if people are curious or want to reach out, they can reach out um, to us through that website. So, Sarah, thanks so much for everything today. And um, this has been super insightful.
1: Great, and for any of those listeners out there who are lovers of the arts like us, if you click on Paul's link, we're always looking for people to volunteer or Mm -hmm. to help with events or just want to come and be in the audience. We're always looking for people to share what they know and and their resources as well.
0: Yeah, also like and follow our social media pages. I'll link those as well. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. As always, this has been a big mood.